February 2nd, Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 33. Jesus told them, the leading priests and Pharisees, several other stories to illustrate the kingdom. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. Many guests were invited. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify everyone that it was time to come. But they all refused. So he sent other servants to tell them, The feast has been prepared, and choice meats have been cooked. Everything is ready. Hurry! But the guests he had invited ignored them and went about their business, one to his farm, another to his store. Others seized his messengers and treated them shamefully, even killing some of them. Then the king became furious. He sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their city. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? And the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him out into the outer darkness, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Then the Pharisees met together to think of a way to trap Jesus into saying something for which they could accuse him. They decided to send some of their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to ask him this question. Teacher, we know how honest you are. You teach about the way of God, regardless of the consequences. You are impartial and don't play favorites. Now, tell us what you think about this. Is it right to pay taxes to the Roman government or not? But Jesus knew their evil motives. You hypocrites, he said. Whom are you trying to fool with your trick questions? Here, show me the Roman coin used for the tax. When they handed him the coin, he asked, whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to him, but everything that belongs to God must be given to God. His reply amazed them, and they went away. That same day, some Sadducees stepped forward, a group of Jews who say there is no resurrection after death. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses said, if a man dies without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will be the brother's heir. Well, there were seven brothers. The oldest married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow. This brother also died without children. And the wife was married to the next brother, and so on until she had been the wife of each of them. And then she also died. So tell us. Whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For she was the wife of all seven of them. Jesus replied, Your problem is that you don't know the Scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they won't be married. 
they will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether there will be a resurrection of the dead, haven't you ever read about this in the Scriptures? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. When the crowds heard him, they were impressed with his teaching. Psalm 136.1 Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. All throughout our lives, we are entranced into the notion that who we are, what we have, and what we do is not enough. We are taught that we are always one step behind from where we should be, never quite complete, achingly forever on the search for something. This is ultimately no way to live a good, whole life. As human beings made in the image of a generous God, we are invited toward a more loving, compassionate, and present experience of living. And God has offered a path to getting there. The path of gratitude. Gratitude is often associated with saying words like thank you, or with the phrase count your blessings. But more than that, Gratitude is the quality of thankfulness. It is an attitude towards life, an anticipatory readiness to show and to discover appreciation wherever we go. Take a moment now to center yourself in a posture of gratitude. Breathe in. As you breathe in, find something to be thankful for. As you breathe out, release tension from the day. Gratitude gives us the vision to see who we are as beautiful and complete. In times where life appears gray and drab, gratitude is the cognitive, physical, emotional, and spiritual practice of seeing life in vivid color. It is the refocusing of a reality always there, that we are divine children, blessed and loved by God. The practice of gratitude is a truly human, lifelong endeavor. When things do not go our way, when we do not get what we want, we are prone toward cynicism, indignation, and resentment. The great paradox and the great invitation is the ability to practice gratitude no matter the circumstance. It is, as writer Maya Angelou puts it, to say in our hearts, stormy or sunny days, glorious or lonely nights, 
I maintain an attitude of gratitude. Take a moment to consider King David's song in Psalm 104 through 5. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Despite the many struggles and setbacks in his life, David chose a posture of gratitude by continually turning his gaze towards God's goodness and faithfulness. He declares God's enduring, timeless love. And he sees gratitude not just as an individual experience for himself, but as God's collective invitation for all generations. Here, gratitude is the ability to remember, to savor, and to cherish the beauty of God's blessings and the goodness of God's character in our lives and in our communities. It is a way of living that always assumes there is something to be thankful for. Pray this prayer when you are ready. God, thank you. Jesus, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you. Amen.